0: Welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant turned boutique owner turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and very best friend on this journey through boutique land. I love when people use that term boutique land because literally I think I just like made it up on the fly. But in my head, I have to tell you the visual that I have of it is like a Candyland puzzle, or like a Candyland game. And on the Candyland game, there's, it's, well, okay. So let me be clear. Candyland and Shoots and Ladders. If you're my age, those were like your primary games, I think, growing up. We didn't have like a lot of cool games like they do now when you're like a little kid, you know, like five, six, whatever. So I played a lot of Candyland and a lot of Shoots and Ladders. So I imagine Boutique Land sort of having the visual appeal of Candyland but having the ups and downs of shoots and ladders. So if you haven't played these games, first of all, Candyland is like you basically journey through like the gumdrop forest and you meet milk patty. I don't I'm making this up because I don't fully remember but it's like super bright and colorful and the worlds are all like kind of like zelda or like um super mario brothers where they're like these really cool fantasy little worlds but this is also like a children's board game so it's it's cheeky and it's funny and then shoots and ladders is again it's a board game where the path like kind of spirals along the board but there's places where you can take ladders where you get to like skip ahead or their shoots where you kind of fall back. Like they they look like slides, but you end up like going down the slide and moving back in life or on the board. And it's interesting because I feel like this is very much the boutique experience where it's very bright, very colorful. There's all these cool things about it. Like it looks very glamorous. But in reality, it's kind of like shoots and ladders where like there's certain moments, for example, COVID, a ton of people moved ahead in their business. They took like a really big ladder and skipped a lot of steps in their business because they just took off. And then there's also times when you're struggling and you feel like, oh my god, I'm on a shoot and I'm spiraling backwards down down the game board. That's how I always envision boutique land and maybe you'll take that visual too where it is a beautiful place, but there are very big and and sometimes small highs and lows. And that's the reality of it. You know, opening a boutique is not easy. I say this in my first book, The Ultimate Boutique Handbook. The very first, I think, chapter or introduction section is like, hey, don't open this store, this boutique, because you think it's going to be easy. You think it's going to, you know, you love shopping or you think it's going to be this fun side hobby. Like, if you really want to have a business, any kind of business, you have to take it seriously. Just the same as as a boutique you know i think because it is like candyland and it's sparkly and it's fun and colorful people think this is going to be easy but we're running a business you know and and i often hear that you know people from the outside once you're running your business your boutique business they often will say like oh isn't this a cute business or oh you know it must be nice to run such a fun business and Really, like this is serious. <laughs> We're dealing with good amounts of money. We're dealing with shipping vendors, regulations, taxes. I mean, like, if you're running a boutique and you're listening to this and you're not dealing with some of this stuff, then you maybe aren't running it correctly because um, you should be having to deal with everything else that, you know, the grocery store has to deal with down the street. Like, it's the same. You're just selling cute things, you know? So, What I want to talk about on today's episode is this idea of the fear of failure. I'm going to be honest, like this is something that I pulled from a lot of seeing what was going on in my Facebook group, which if you're not in my Facebook group, you should absolutely join. All you have to do is type in www.emilyfbgroup.com into your browser, and it will go right to our Facebook group. Uh, Inside that Facebook group, we have tons of resources, tons of great threads. You can ask questions. Um, It's just a free community of really positive and helpful boutique owners. But in our Facebook group, we often ask, you know, like, what's holding you back or what are you worried about? And I see this come up all the time, this fear of failure. And again, I really want to be honest with you guys as always, like, I am not someone there's some kind of glitch in my brain where like I don't fear failure. I don't know if it's because I'm like overly confident or I just know that failure isn't a big deal. I don't think that failure is a bad thing. I actually think it can be a good thing because it really informs you of what works for you or what works for your business or you know what works for your life. I think that failure, I often see that as just like sort of Something negative rather than something positive. I expect things to go well. I expect things to be positive. And sometimes if they don't work out or they end up being more negative, I really don't call it failure. I just think of it as a pivot. I think, like, oh, that didn't really work for me or for my business or for my family. And perhaps that is a bit of my age. You know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Perhaps some of that is that I have tried a lot of things and you know other people that use the term failure may have said you have failed at some things which I absolutely have but I also just know that there's always something else after that. It's like failure is not the end of the story. It's not the end of the path for me. There's always something after coming after and so you know I want to talk about how to really look at starting a business, growing a business, whatever whatever it is that you are you know dealing with in your boutique with the idea of failure kind of coming up and feeling like it's blocking you in some way because failure and fear it's it's all the same it's just resistance it's like well there's something stopping you there's some kind of resistance coming up for you that you need to deal with and so any kind of resistance in your business can be met with kind of this list of questions this list of ideas that I want to run you through here so let's get into it first of all in terms of fear of failure, failing, 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 that word. <laughs> what if you were to switch that word? Or what if you were to put a different meaning to that word? What if you said, you know, I'm I'm just scared. I'm just scared of this? What if we drop the word? You know, like I said before, I could I would call it like a negative experience or maybe something that didn't work out. But maybe if you just said, like, I'm scared, I'm scared to start this business, or I'm scared to grow this business. It feels overwhelming, it feels like I'm not confident that I'm able to handle this. Well, number one, I would challenge you in the fact that if it's even coming up for you, then it's obviously something that you care about. We don't ever feel nervous or worried or fear around something that we don't care about it's only around things that we care a lot about and so i want to give you a little bit of credit and say like good for you you care about this this is something that's important to you and i want to honor that because at the end of the day we should have things that are important to us and that we care about and that we're worried about you know i think becoming a parent you know recently i don't really worry that much about my kid but there's definitely some things where i'm like Oh, am I screwing her up? You know, we're <laughs> doing the wrong thing. Um, and I think there's a lot of parents and, and mom guilt in general, you know, we think like we're not doing well enough for our kids, but at the end of the day, that's because we care so much about them. We want them to have a good life. We want to create an environment for them where they feel safe and loved and like they can grow. and As adults, we don't have parents necessarily doing that for us, so we have to do it for ourselves. So what in your life can you set up in terms of support, in terms of knowledge, in terms of understanding, love, you know, these boundaries that we create for our kids? How can we create that for ourselves as we grow a business? You know we need to be nurtured as adults when we're taking risks as well and so I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to me because I want to create a safe space for you I want to create a place where you feel like you can fall gently you know it doesn't have to be this hard oh my god I failed and it's horrible I want you to feel like if things don't work out there's always something after it for you in general though like I want you to also think you could do well and this could go well for you right just like if you're dealing with your kid trying something new you want to see them doing well at it but also it might take them 15 tries to get it right or may, they might may get it on the first try again it's the same concept right and you guys probably are going to hear me talk a lot about this from a parenting perspective now that I am a parent I can really understand and I can really feel differently because um, it, it just it changes your perspective. It's really interesting. So for all the non-parents out there, I apologize, but also I don't apologize because it is widened my perspective on things, right? And I think with, I think with having a kid, you can't fail, right? Just like having a business, you can't fail. You're going to do your best. And that other energy, whether that other energy is a person in you know, a relationship, whether it be a spouse or a child or a family member, or that energy is a is a being, is a, is a thing, you know, an object like a boutique, like a business, like anything else, you're always gonna try to do your best with it. That's, that's expected, right? Especially if you care about it. What it takes on and how it morphs and how it grows, you can nurture it and you can support it, but you have to remember that you can't totally control it. It can take on a life of its own, it can have, you know things that happen that you don't expect it can have things come up that you didn't foresee and that's okay what actually matters is how you react to it and how you pivot from it not thinking oh that thing happened and now i'm stuck and it's it's over like that's not a thing okay so if you start looking at your boutique and your business and starting it as how do I nurture it? How do I support it? How do I support myself? How do I nurture myself? That's going to give you a really different perspective on how you face this resistance as it continues to come up. I think there's also this piece of being fearful or worried about failure that is it's truly because you don't either have a plan or you haven't mapped everything out in your head. And I think when we map things out, we're able to actually take a risk assessment and see what's going on as we take this risk. Because no matter what we do in life, these big things, these big changes, like opening a boutique or growing a boutique, yeah, it's a risk, but let's assess it. You know, Can you swing it time-wise? Do you have enough time to put into this? financially do you have enough money to put into this you know have you saved do you you know do you have to take out a huge loan is that gonna stress you out um, you know family wise again like I'll go back to time because I really think time and money are the things that are kind of precious to us as humans right time like do you have time with your family uh, with your full-time job with Uh, whatever's going on with you health-wise, mental health-wise, like, do you have the time to devote to this? I think really understanding that this is going to take over your life for about the first year is important to understand. I, looking back now, you know, I opened the fashion truck, God, 11 years ago. It feels like yesterday. 11 years ago. If I tried to open the fashion truck today, number one, I would do it completely differently (laughs) because I would set myself up with support I would go into it immediately like having employees and having people work with me Um, I wouldn't do it the same way but also realistically now having an infant I don't necessarily want to be gone on weekends and nights and have my time filled with that you know running a boutique could I do it with the support yes absolutely I definitely could do it and I could make it work Um, but it would require having that support Now, at 27, 28, when I started the boutique, um, the fashion truck, I had plenty of time. I had plenty of time was, like, a resource I had tons of. Like, I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have to live in any one place. I really could devote my energy. I was not in a relationship. I was, like, a single lady, like, doing my thing, you know? And so I 100% had time and space to do it. And so that's one thing to think about is, you know, as you – go into starting or growing your boutique what kind of support do you need so that you can maintain a lifestyle that feels good to you? You should not be working 24/7. you should not call yourself a workaholic that is not a badge of honor. Um, it's actually gonna I think in 10 years it's gonna be kind of a, a passe you know old school thing to say like oh I'm a workaholic I think I think generations coming behind us are gonna say like, well, we saw our parents do that and that was stupid and we're not gonna do that. <laughs> so, you know, I think we should start to kind of eliminate that idea from our lives now and, and figure out, you know, I don't think it's really balanced, I don't think that's the right word, but how do we create boundaries? You know, that's a better B word from my perspective is how do we create boundaries in our life and our business so that we can do both because I think you know the majority of you guys listening are women and I know that we take on a lot of the pressures of our house our kids our dogs whatever's going on and here's the thing Boundaries are really important. You know, one of the things becoming a parent that I've learned and co-parenting with my husband is Like I have to have boundaries. There has to be the like, hey, it's your turn now. Hey, you gotta do this. Hey, okay Yep, I'll take on this. I'll take on that um, We really are as close to 50 50 taking care of our daughter as we possibly can be with you know what's going on with her, and that's really worked for us. That might not be possible in the situation that you're in, but where else can you have support? You know, we have luckily we have some family support, and we definitely plan on hiring babysitters or nannies when we need to um, to be able to get things done that we need to do. And I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> like, I will still be there with her as much as I possibly can, and. You know it's good to have boundaries so that i have time to work that i have time to focus you know i think a lot of people are trying to run businesses with our kids right next to them and i think that's yes a good thing in a lot of ways because our kids get to see us be ceos and and be kind of cool like awesome people running our businesses and i think that we also need time and space away from the mental load of taking care of our kids, taking care of our house, our dogs, or or whatever, um, to be able to focus on our businesses. And so how do you create those boundaries where you can have that time and space, right? You know, going back to kind of this risk assessment too, you know, let's talk about the financials of it. Can you financially swing this? You know, I, I think running a boutique is expensive. Like, I have a video about how you can start a boutique for $75. Yeah, you absolutely can start with $75 of inventory and as you grow, you can invest more. You know, if you want to start off bigger, have you saved? Are you going to take out a loan? Is that loan going to stress you out or that credit card going to stress you out with that balance on there? Are you comfortable carrying some debt? Is that something that's possible with the situation that you're in? Can you make just minimum payments on a credit card or mentally can you not? Do you have to pay it off every Month or you go crazy. You know, these are all the things that I think come up as challenges as you start and grow your boutique business. But let's just talk about them out the gate or let's talk about them at the point that you are now. Because I think as you think about this risk assessment, you have to think about can I swing it? You know, I wrote that to my note can I swing this? Can I swing it mentally? Can I swing it emotionally? can I swing it physically you know like if having a credit card balance is gonna stress me out every day and it's gonna make me feel horrible and I'm not gonna be able to run my business properly then why would I do it why don't I just save more cash why don't I have a yard sale why don't I sell some things on Poshmark like I don't know you know like there are so many ways to make quick cash these days it's really interesting Um, I think that you know Building up that savings account is never a bad thing when you start a business so thinking about all this Can you swing it? You know is is your fear of failure coming from the fact that like if this doesn't work everything falls apart or You're you're gonna have debt and you can never have debt. You've decided that's not possible You know what what are those things that you're willing to deal with? What are those things that you're willing to put up with? I think that stuff is all really important now a couple questions that I think you should ask yourself as you go into this, and this is a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy, so my therapists out there, my social workers might, might uh, know some of these questions, but I love to dip in to some of this because I do think it's important to really ask yourself, right, like, so first of all, what's the worst that could happen? If you're so scared of failure, what is the worst that could happen? And be real, maybe it's really bad. Maybe something really bad could happen if this didn't work for you. Or maybe, you know, you could financially fall apart if this didn't work. Well, then maybe it's not the right time to start this. <laughs> maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe you need to wait. Maybe you need to build up some savings or, you know, work a second job for a little while. And I don't know, right? Like, drive Lyft. Do Instacart. I don't know, right? Like, I don't know what that looks like for you. But if the worst that could happen is something that really, truly scares you, then take a step back. You don't wanna put yourself in a situation that threatens to hurt you or your family or your bank account or your life or your home or any of that, right? Like, take a step back. But if the worst that could happen is kind of okay with you or really like isn't that bad in your mind, well then that solves part of the problem of failure, right? Like, if the worst that could happen is like, oh, you waste a bunch of money and you waste some time, are you okay with that? If that's the worst is it so bad another question what would you do if you failed like if this boutique didn't work out and listen this is a question you might be growing your boutique like maybe this is a question you ask yourself now what would you do if it did not work out could you go back to a job uh, could you stay at home with your kids could you I don't know. Move in with your parents. I don't. I don't know. I'm just like throwing things out there. For me, when I started the fashion truck, I really asked myself, like, if I did fail, and this didn't work out, what would I do? And I knew because I was going to be living outside of Boston. I looked up jobs and looked up companies that I would be willing to work at, and there were plenty. Like I was like, oh, I could. There's there's a lot of apparel and accessory companies in and around Boston that I easily. I don't know, easily, but I certainly could have applied for jobs there (laughs) with my corporate retail background. I definitely could have gotten a job, and that was kind of always my backup plan. I was like, oh, I'll go get a job. At one point, two and a half Maybe three years in, I actually did apply for some jobs and did interviews for corporate retail merchandising jobs. And I got through some interviews and I was like, ugh, I actually don't want to do this. What are you doing? Um, It was a nice wake-up call for me, you know? But I always had that option. And I think that's the thing. If you know that you have options, if this fails, if this doesn't work out then you give yourself a little bit more freedom of like oh okay I have some backup I have some wiggle room and it's not so like life or death it's this or nothing you know another question to ask what could you lose if you failed what could you lose if you failed could you lose again I go just go back to time and money you might lose some time and money but to be honest with you that's starting a business period I don't care what kind of business you're starting you could lose time and money and again those are our most precious resources like are you okay With losing those things, time and money. I mean, family is a precious resource too. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Time is like time with family. I'm like looping that in. So don't be like Emily. You're a terrible person valuing money so much. But that's the truth. We need money. Like we live in a society where we're bound to use money. So like, that's a precious resource. Time. I always think of time as like time with family, time with friends, time with ourselves. You know so what what more could you lose is there more to lose truly like and be honest um, this is you know obviously these are rhetorical questions but what could you lose and if you're okay with that then be okay with that right like what we're really doing here is walking you through the thought process of you know if you say to me I have a fear of failure for starting for growing for whatever stage of your business that you're in for expanding I, I'm, I'm scared to fail walk yourself through this Through these questions, through these ideas, through this podcast episode, walk yourself through it. And then my hope is by the end, you have a better, clearer direction of are you really scared of failure or have you just not thought about some of this stuff? And I'm just throwing some things at you that are really making you think longer, harder, deeper about this. Good. I'm so glad. Okay, my last question for you here is Is your feeling of fear? Or your feeling of the fear of the failure, is it really that you're just excited? And this is something you are like a little bit nervous and excited about. Like being scared and being excited, or being nervous and being excited, are kind of the same feeling in your body. And it just depends on how we look at it. So, in my perspective, if you can think and really tap in to what does this really feel like? Is it actually like excitement? Are you psyched? Are you like, wow, this is my lifelong dream that I'm actually getting to do? Does that put it into a perspective that feels a little bit better, that feels a little bit easier, that actually is like, that's the truth of the matter? If so, boom! I love it. Maybe you're just excited. (laughs) Could that be it? All in all, the fear of failure is definitely a real thing I also think it's a real thing that we can deal with and that we can work through and I hope that in this episode I really helped you work through it and so that you're coming out on this other side saying you know what? actually like I'm not scared to fail I just really didn't think about all these different aspects of what would happen and what am I actually scared of and do I have a plan you know do, do you have a business plan I mean, there's a ton of people that start boutiques that do not have business plans. And my friend, that is not cool. That is why I offer Boutique Basics Bootcamp as a course because I really want you to have a business plan that feels good and that you can work with as you start to uh, start and grow your your boutique business. So, uh, Boutique Basics Bootcamp opens a couple times a year. So, um, go to boutiquebasicsbootcamp.com. You can always sign up for the waitlist or see if it's open right now. Um, but regardless, join our Facebook group. Keep listening to the podcast. Hopefully, your fear of failure is the f- not fear anymore. And I hope you enjoy this episode as always. I'm here for you on the podcast on Wednesdays. I'm in the Facebook group and new YouTubes are going to be coming out this year. Definitely head over to my YouTube channel as well. All of this stuff is down in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me on the booster boutique podcast. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money.
1: Do you want to be at an oceanfront retreat with Emily in, like say 45 days? this is your last chance to get your room and ticket because we are about to close the doors rich retailer retreat is just around the corner sunday may 1st through wednesday may 4th 2022 we are hosting at the o palm beach in palm beach florida if you didn't know emily is a certified spiritual coach and meditation teacher And in 2019, before the pandemic, we hosted two retreats that completely upended the boutique industry. Instead of 60 boutique owners going to an event, getting taught trends and strategies, they came to this retreat and tapped into themselves. They let go of fears and they learned that they were the most powerful part of their businesses. Emily guided them through exercises and meditations that shifted their energy and brought them to a new level of peace and happiness. And now that we're past the toughest two years of most of our lives, it's time to do it again. This time in oceanfront luxury, surrounded by the feeling of up-leveling everything. It's time for you to take it to the next level. This retreat is going to do it for you. The speaker lineup is perfectly designed to support you on this journey. We have Lex Nevin, who is the founder of Dress and Lala, and she's gonna join Emily on stage for a live podcast style interview about everything she's done to double her business boutique each year. Kinsey Madsen is a biz energetics coach, and she's going to give you your unique human design chart and teach you how to use your natural strengths to create a better life. We also have Dr. Alexis Rose, who is a somatic coach, and she will be talking about how to get into your body and manage your energy to make more money in your business. And of course, Emily will be there teaching the latest concepts from her best-selling book, The Retail Mindset you want to be in the room for this. So get your all-inclusive ticket today and we'll book your luxury room for three nights in Palm Beach for you. Head on over to richretailerretreat.com. Remember, time is limited. We will see you in just a couple weeks.